Good morning. Thank you so much for being with us at Evangel Church this morning. We're so happy that you're here with us. Well, things look a little bit different because yeah. we are concluding Hebrews today with a panel. We're just going to get our own personal takes on the book in the last, mm -hmm. well, I'll tell you how many months in a second. We're going to just have some fun today. We want you to play along with us. So we're going to start our panel um, with a Thanksgiving game called Suck Doesn't Suck. And I'm stealing this game from Diz Unplugged, which is a YouTube channel I follow. And we're gonna go through some Thanksgiving foods because next week is Thanksgiving, which also means next week is our in-person Sunday morning gathering. It so is. if you have not registered, head on over to myevangel.church forward slash relaunch to register and join us in person. But not all Thanksgiving food sucks that we're going to say sucks. But some of it does. Some it of really, it does. Really does. It really depends but, on your hot take on it. But yeah. if you like, like it's okay, but you wouldn't necessarily want it on your plate or like you wouldn't want it taking up room for something that really doesn't suck, then we're going to say thumbs down. Okay. Okay. So I Googled. And if we have really menus. strong opinions on it, you'll see it on our face. Yes. And we, you'll we will, hear it. We will show you disgust. Yeah. We are going face. to be you'll, you'll disgusting. So um, I Googled Thanksgiving menus. So some of these are really untraditional items, but it's kind of fun. So here we go. All right. Let's do it. Turkey. Oh, doesn't suck. Doesn't suck. Doesn't suck. Love turkey. It might be one of my favorite proteins. Like I only eat it at holidays, um, but always a good one. We've started making turkey a lot more in the Mitchell house. Yeah. Because it's delicious. If you yeah. watched, if you watched our communion video last week, um, you would have heard me calling people that have ham at Thanksgiving weirdos. I mean, I just did. I put it out there. I mean, you can't but go wrong with a turkey it's gotta be at a turkey. Thanksgiving. It's gotta be a turkey. Always. Okay. No offense though. <laughs> I I don't know how to feel about this one. Stuffing. Oh, it does not. This is suck. a hot. This is a hot take. Ooh. I really don't like stuffing. Of all varieties, actually. I would take I would take stuffing with gravy on my plate over mashed potatoes. Okay. Well, same. Okay. I I just like. I just feel like there are better things to have on your plate than stuffing, always. Like, I will always prefer something else. And, like, my mom makes great homemade stuffing, but I just don't really like, I just don't really like stuffing. This is a hot take. I know that people are going to be furious at me, but story of my life. I know. All right, let's, let's do a poll in the comments. Let us know yay or nay on stuffing. Well, let us know on all of them. We yeah, want to know you, but, but especially. In particular, this feels like a contentious one. It is. It is. So let's, let's figure out what's, what's what on stuffing. Okay, mashed potatoes. Also sucks. Sorry, guys. Uh, Doesn't I just suck. Is... <clears throat> I'll, I'll wait. Until... I'm passionate about mashed potatoes, guys. For me, it's e either or. I can leave, take them or leave them. Okay, this is why I don't like mashed potatoes. There are about 50 different ways that you can make potatoes that are always gonna be better than mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes are boring. They're like one texture. Like they're basically just a vehicle for gravy. And so if they're just a vehicle for gravy, then like I don't think they can be like good. Then use stuffing. 
or just not neither. <laughs> so far, I'm eating that. So far, I'm not eating things. You're eating dinner, turkey. turkey. You're having so, turkey. So far, that's great for me. <laughs> okay, just, well, we're okay. gonna go with like I'm pretty sure a unanimous vote right now on gravy. Currently, I'm, I'm picturing Marcus at Thanksgiving, like those people at Disneyland that walking around with a turkey leg. That's oh, it. I have never done it, but I do want to try one some point. Okay, gravy. Doesn't suck. There's really nothing better. I love gravy. It's the flavor bomb of Thanksgiving dinner. Give it to me in a cup. Okay, cranberry sauce. Oh, also doesn't suck. Unless, okay, but it has to be homemade. It's so easy. So easy to make homemade. And it's like a million times better because I don't actually love cranberry sauce until I tasted someone's homemade. Okay, uh, green bean casserole. This is the whole. I love green. Beans. Is that the thing with like the like the breaded crumbs in it and the like no the like crispy onions on top? Yeah, and oh. the, just so the thought of it. I don't know. I don't. I'm sorry, Marcus. My dad hates green beans because they're squeaky. Um, but I I love a good green bean casserole. Give it to me. Like the crunchy onion things are like make it for me. Just just. Yeah. Uh, I can leave it. I, I'm not. I don't have strong opinions, but love it. yeah, I'd probably leave it off my plate. Okay. Leave it for something else. Corn. Oh. Corn is horrible. I just Plastic. don't understand why people yes. like. Like I love a good corn on the cob, but like to have corn, like it's just another filler. Like you don't need it. It you know? is a filler, but it's just classic. The only corn I eat is popcorn. That's fair. That's it. That's a good. Choice. Okay, uh, dinner rolls and butter. Oh, does not suck. Give me bread all day. Doesn't suck. I very rarely take a dinner roll. I prefer to make priorities to other food See, items. See, that's the thing that I'm swiping my gravy through is not is not stuffing, is not yes. mashed potatoes. It will always be my like heavily buttered dinner roll. Give it to me. That's why like a bread and stew is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about it. Basically my stuffing is like a wet dinner roll. <laughs> <laughs> True. It's like deconstructed. It's deconstructed. That is your carb of choice. Yes. In yeah, got it. Fair, okay. Fair um pumpkin pie. Oh, it does not suck. Must Love have pumpkin pie. This one, I don't think it's necessarily Canadian. It's corn pudding. So it's kind of like a mix between creamed corn and cornbread. Okay, well base, but I love cornbread. I'm gonna say you, sucks because- you, you, like, you lost me at corn. <laughs> corn, yeah, you're right, we got it. Yes, um, I don't even want to try it. Although if you it make looks corn gross. pudding and that's like a thing that you do at your house, like I'll try it. I've never had corn pudding, but I just, the combination of those words is a little suspect. I don't know. Yes. If you're American and you're watching, I'm sorry if we just offended you. Um, but since your Thanksgiving isn't until November, you'll get over it by then. You have a whole month to forgive us. It's great. It's true. Okay, Brussels sprouts. Oh, love Brussels sprouts. I Always. Yes. Yes. Love Brussels sprouts. Um, candied yams. So this is like the chopped up yams. Okay, can, can we talk about yams in general? No, but like, I know you're a yam hater. I just uh, don't know what happened to you. Uh, they're just not good. That's you what are happened. good. But it's like they dessert, are. but they're like they're, mildly good for you. So when yeah, I was a kid, dessert, when I had a kid, I had, I had people tell me it tastes just like candy. Yeah. And then I tasted it, and it was so <laughs> horrible that this idea of comparing it to the candy of vegetables just puts me <laughs> off. So basically, I feel like, strongly about this. Yeah, that's you like sure do. Value. <laughs> All right, glazed carrots. Sure, love. Does carrots. not carrots suck. are good. I love carrots. carrots so it's good. probably my like favorite. Veggie. Does anybody not like carrots? Like, if you don't like carrots at all, 
Like that that would be interesting. That would be interesting. I like that it's basically in all varieties. Yeah. Like give it to me raw, yeah. give it to me roasted. Yeah. I'll take the boiled butter. Exactly. Butter. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is also an American one. Mac and cheese. Oh, how do you not like mac and cheese? Sorry, I mean, hot take. Yeah. Do you not like mac and cheese at all? Okay. But it's gonna be legit mac and cheese, not like homemade. Like, okay, but here's here's the thing though, is I actually don't really like homemade mac and cheese, but give me like <gasps> a pot of Annie's and I'm like here for it. Um, creamed spinach. Oh, I love cream spinach. Yeah, I like cream spinach. I'm just, I've never had cream spinach at a Thanksgiving meal. No, me either, but I love cream but spinach. But I'd be down for it. Yeah, why not? Yep. No, no, no. I love, I love raw spinach. <laughs> no, no. Do not cook my spinach. Oh, I love I just, spinach. That texture, can't do it. Yep. Um, okay, this is not something I Googled, but it's something that I feel very passionate about because this was a Thanksgiving traditional dish in my home growing up, apple salad, which is basically apples chopped up, mixed with whipped cream. Sometimes there would be like pomegranates in there or like another fruit mixed in too, but. I, so I said before that this might be a contentious moment for um, the fact that Lisa and Lucas are married. It might um, be, as in, I've but it's not going to be because Lucas is going to vote well. Well, and <laughs> this is an awkward moment for me because there's potential that my, my mother-in-law is watching. And that's why I said it was going to be Or your grandmother-in-law. Or, or my grandmother-in-law. Who actually created this. Well, maybe. So Grandma, did you this, this? I want to clarify before I answer. This is just something that I don't typically put on my plate during, <laughs> not because I don't necessarily not like it, but it's just for me, not a thing. You know, there are some people, like when my dad married my mom, we always have a particular food that we'll talk about that he just was like so weirded out about because like a, a weird combo of like sweet and savory. And so some people have like a weird thing about that. So I, I get it. I mean, it's like apples and whipped cream, so. Can't Sorry, I mom. know you like honestly can't Love go you. wrong with it. It's like dessert on your plate during dinner. True. And then you get dessert again. I know that's the best part. Here, can I ask an apple adjacent question? Yeah. Do we like the idea of ch like cheddar cheese on top of apple pie? A hundred percent. No. Yes. <laughs> oh, me too. But here's the thing: only if it's cold. If it's cold apple pie, cheese. If it's hot apple pie, yes. Cream. I agree. I agree. Um, anyways, that that doesn't suck just for all. Of okay. Us. Um, sweet potato casserole, oh. and I'm gonna give us two variations because sweet potato casserole with pecans, <laughs> love. Sweet potato casserole with marshmallows. But think it's like don't. toasty. It's like a s'more and it's the texture thing. Oh, I love. I'm gonna hit both of those categories with one of these. <laughs> Sorry, Big surprise for you. Uh, my mom makes great uh, sweet potato casserole. Okay, so. Um, Lucas couldn't remember a traditional Mitchell family recipe to insert in here. Again, now sorry it's to my mom. <laughs> we kind of threw um, We did turkey dinner, I, yeah, so sorry mom, I don't fully remember the details. But, but he does mom. remember all of your Christmas specific. Yes. Um, but Marcus has one mm -hmm. from his childhood. Go for it. This is like a vin this is vintage, um, but so particularly when my mom married my dad. So this is like my mom's side, not not my dad's side. But they were passing their Thanksgiving meal around, and all of a sudden my dad got to like these weird jellied salads, and he's like, "Why are these here? Like it's not dessert time yet." 
But okay, so to clarify, it's not like aspic where it's like jello with a bunch of weird things in it. Like not right. about not about as aspic. But so it's like we just call them by color. So we either have yellow, green, or pink, or a combination of all three. Um, but that's always like a staple. And, and so it's, it's just jello? Okay, so green is lime jello with cool whip and tinned pears that you cut up and mix all together. Okay, so those are all desserty things. Yeah, we're not throwing like tuna and like Do you guys remember bread. the church gathered meals where someone would bring like jello with a bunch of carrots in it? And like and olives and oh. scary things, scary things. These ones are all sweet, these ones are all sweet. So there's like, yellow is lemon with crushed pineapple, pink is red with berries with whipped cream. So they're all like, they're not like weird yeah. combos, but that's always a staple that we have at okay. every like traditional meal. I'm down with it. That sounds Again, good to me. I'm just putting it into the same apple salad <laughs> category. I usually have like a bowl. So I have like fine. a bowl for my like colored jello salads because you don't wow. want to mix them with like... So now that I've run the gamut, I'm sorry to Marcus's mom. So I, I'm sorry <laughs> to all the moms. All the moms. I'm sorry. Just straight under the bus. Sorry to <laughs> And we know who is not getting dinner. invited to Thanksgiving dinner this year. Uh, <laughs> At least, you know what, we have, you have a week to call everyone and apologize in person <laughs> and it'll be good. Okay, so we've made it to the end of Hebrews, finally. Um, and it took seven months. Like yeah. when we started, did anyone think it would take seven months? You know, I wasn't actually, yeah. like, I Did you think of, so? Yeah. I've heard of churches who have gone through like a gospel, like yeah. one gospel, and it took them like two years. Yeah. True. And so I, I feel like seven months, is like a short, medium amount of time. And we're gonna talk about that a little bit later on. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna unpack that. Yeah. Like, did you, what were you, like, what was your like time I don't frame? know. I don't know that I necessarily had a time frame in my mind. Hmm. Just like looking back going, wow, like that took over half of our year. Yeah. To, to give you context, these guys are both planners. If they had it their way, <laughs> they'd have every single thing. They would have planned it out to the, and myself, I live in the moment a little bit more. And there's times where I would go into a passage and I'm like, no, I'm gonna stop here because there's too much here. Yeah. It's too rich. We can't just overview this. It's and so then though. it would expand things. So seven so months, probably learned. my fault. But it's good though. Like we need we need like free rangers, I think, in our life to like mm -hmm. to like have some fun rather than just be like strict and regimented. Sure. So it's good. Sure. It's good that we have Lucas. As I twitch. <laughs> <laughs> it is good that we have Lucas. He keeps us in the moment and not True. just always in the future, which is yep. good. Um, so because you guys had responded, you guys, that you really enjoyed our panel, mm -hmm. kind of at the beginning mm -hmm. of Hebrews, we were talking yeah. about um, Jesus as our high priest and our atoning sacrifice. As Marcus said earlier, for the 14th millionth time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a circular... Conversation so we did a panel and we heard that you guys really enjoyed that. So we thought we would conclude in the same way. <sighs> Let's start with you, Pastor Marcus. Okay. And this is your favorite book of the Bible. It's true. Yeah. And even after preach, like even after either listening to sermons or preaching sermons for seven months, it's still I think my favorite. Awesome. It hasn't diminished, which is good. So there's something that's different between like reading a book of the Bible for yourself personally and then right. mm -hmm. preaching it. Like it's a very different 
vibe? I don't know. Vibe, routine, how you read it is mm -hmm. different, um, how you go into it. So what is it for you in Hebrews that just kind of stands out personally? Take like preaching, teaching it aside. Yeah. What was the thing that really resonated with you? Uh, what has, and, and I think always will, uh, is always a hall of faith. So that's found in Hebrews 11. So if you like, speaking of being planners, I'm also like somehow chronically impatient. Maybe it's because I'm constantly living in the future. Um, and so this passage is always like a source of comfort for me in those moments where I'm frustrated at maybe where I'm at or more often where I'm not at. Um, and it's one of those moments that in, in that frustration, in that um, impatience, my like vision narrows really quickly. Um, and so it's just a source of comfort for me to know that, yeah, I may not be where I hope I'm at, or I may not be as far forward in my journey that I'm hoping to be, but that all these people in their journeys of faith were kind of feeling that same tension and they saw that promise from far off um, and they still received it, maybe not in this lifetime, but they did eventually. And so when my vision really narrows and I kind of get tunnel visioned, uh, this passage is really great for me to like expand my, my view back outward again. Um, and it's also just a great uh, reminder that all these people that were in, included in the Hall of Faith weren't people that lived perfect faith journeys. In fact, they were some of the most like broken people in Scripture. And yet God, by His mercy and by His grace and through Jesus, looked past um, those moments of brokenness and decided to count their faith. Mm -hmm. And so in the same way that we are all broken and I walk through my own brokenness, that I know that those aren't things that disqualify me from continuing that journey, um, but that God, by his mercy towards me, uh, chooses to see my faith and count that. Yeah. Um, and so that's always something that's really just encouraging and, and comforting for my heart. Absolutely. Yeah, for me, um, just to kind of build on that idea, I love this idea of um, Hebrews kind of painting a picture of these nomads, mm -hmm. um, these people without a country moving towards a country so many of the old testament kind of examples that are given are, are literally doing that like they've left their old country and they're they're kind of pursuing this promise this promised land this promise of generations this promise and it's kind of neat because they kind of caught a glimpse of the kingdom you know and it held their gaze uh in fact hebrews says that you know eleven fifteen, if they had like maybe thought about the old country they might have been tempted to kind of go back to the old country but these heroes of faith part of the reason that they are kind of those heroes of faith is they kind of caught a glimpse of what was coming and they pursued that and they didn't even have time to really look back and think and, and ponder the, that country and part of the reason personally that that is sticking out is i've been wrestling with this idea presented by a pastor in melbourne australia his name is uh, pastor uh, mark sayers and he talks about our society in the West is, is kind of creating this experiment right now of pursuing the kingdom, but without the king. And um, I've been thinking a lot about what that looks like in our society and how that affects the Christian, um, how that can kind of rub off on us sometimes. And, and I think when we look for the kingdom without the king, we're, we're actually looking at the old country and, and getting distracted by the old country. Yeah. Um, and we just need a fresh glimpse of, of that new country. And so that's, you know, mm -hmm. personally, that's a prayer for myself. Like, just a fresh kind of sighting of that country that Jesus is right. establishing with his kingdom. Yeah, it's good. I was laughing before because we all like kind of prepared 
uh, based on an outline mm -hmm. individually. And then we came together and we all had the hall of faith yeah. as kind of our thing that personally stood out, but for all different reasons, which I love. I really love how, so it goes through the hall of faith and then it says, and I don't even have time to tell you of, and there's kind of this B-roll right. <laughs> of the hall of faith that are listed and in verses 32 to 40 of Hebrews 11. And every time I read it, I'm like, really? Like, why would you choose that person to go in hmm. this chapter of the Bible? Like, I wouldn't choose these people. I wouldn't choose Samson. Right. Right? Who, like, continuously fell into the same trap over and over and over with Delilah. I wouldn't choose Jephthah, who made, like, this hasty vow and then ended up sacrificing his daughter. Like... Don't follow through. Um, that's like, a, it's a story with no good ending. Yeah. I wouldn't choose David. I mean, although I really love David, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd put him in this hall who again, like had this incredible first half of his life and then fell to these traps and was not a very good dad, was a terrible husband. Like, right? Like these are not the people I put in there and then, right. Gideon and Barak and like all these people that were very faithless hmm. um, and how God sees our lives and our stories in a very different way than we see our lives and our stories. Right. And I love how God can redeem even what we think is irredeemable hmm. and mm -hmm. how he can, I mean, like he's promised to take and make good um, out of the lives of those who love and trust him. And so we see that in real time in this chapter where we could look back and go, well, you failed hard. <laughs> and how God takes what looks like there's no good ending and works it around. Yeah. See, I, I read that list and I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness Samson's in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm as broken as Samson. Absolutely. Yeah. Not as strong, but as, as broken. You know, it's, there's like this hope that comes with this yeah. idea of righteousness being kind of mm -hmm. spoken over these people who were so kind of flawed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing that it just is challenging me, and as you shared that, Lisa, is um, am I looking at people in the same way huh. that this hall of faith is? Right. Um, where it's so easy for us, and, and it says in scripture, though, it already has like exposed me, um, that man looks at the outward appearance, but God mm -hmm. looks at the heart. And so even just as we're considering, as you're sharing this, I'm like, oh man, like, how do I view the yeah. people around me? Am I viewing them by their failings, their, um, the moments where they don't measure up? Or am I viewing them through, through God's eyes of redemption and allowing that to be the thing that I trust on and have my, uh, perspective be of those people and so that's just like well it's challenging me right now yeah. so so i'm so glad that god takes our irreparable or what looks irreparable and in his mm -hmm. grace transforms it into something beautiful yeah. and yeah. that can be used well again as we prepare sermons it's very different than just walking through um, a book of the bible on our own and saying like god speak to us transform our hearts 
because we start asking kind of those same questions, but as a whole, God, what are you doing in this faith community? What are you doing in this city? What do you really want to speak um, to a group of people as a whole? And it's a little different. So we've kind of talked about what has been resonating with us personally, but I would love to hear what was kind of the thing in preaching through Hebrews that you were like, yes, like I needed this sermon just as much, or um, this was my favorite thing to teach on in context of, hmm. of going through faith community. Uh, yeah, for me, you know, the sermons that I enjoy preaching the most are typically the sermons where during the preparation kind of reveal something about myself. Um, when I'm doing study and I'm looking into the verse or the passages and it kind of creates a tension in me. Right. I kind of, it's kind of a clue to me that I'm probably not the only one that is going to feel that tension. And so then it helps shape this journey of moving from tension to the hope that is found in that passage. Uh, so for me, this series, uh, the one sermon that really stands out to me is I uh, preached about empathy is greater than sympathy. And it kind of exposed me in that empathy is a lot harder of a journey. To empathize with someone or with a situation means to really feel it deeply, to really put your, you know, put yourself in their shoes mm -hmm. and have it rub off on you in a way that you feel pain and you feel the hurt of it. And I think in a lot of ways, I tend to prefer sympathy okay. because sympathy is just easier because I can pity people from afar. I can right. kind of, oh, I'm so sorry you're going through that. Yeah. And it's just easier to, to walk in sympathy but as we are kind of exploring the qualifications of Jesus as high priest, um, the, the idea that part of his qualification was the fact that he was human and knew the pain and suffering of humanity, which gave him empathy. Yeah. Right. And I think that's just such a powerful picture of Jesus as our high priest. And it's a powerful reminder to us to maybe see brokenness around us and feel it yeah. um, and embrace it closely uh, so that it spurs us to do something about it. Yeah. 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 I love that sermon. Um, Brene Brown is an author. She's wildly intelligent and she talks about the difference between empathy and sympathy. And so I just think that's such a, like I've been on that journey for so long of kind of like understanding what that meant for me, mm -hmm. but never really realized until you preach that message that like, that is something that I can learn, not just from the thought, people around me and the, the intelligent people around me, but from Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, that was just a, another layer of adding. So I really appreciated that message as well, just because it was uh, another layer that I got to add to that understanding. And yeah, it was really great. Yeah. I, you know, for me, um, one of the things that I really loved about diving into Hebrews is this chance to marry the Old and New yeah. Testament. Uh, kids ministry, we kind of live in the Old Testament for at least half of the year. And so it, it's something that 
never really graduates into big church, (laughs) into adult church. We focus most of our year on New Testament, if not all of our year, on New Testament passages. And there's so much richness in the Old Testament that if we don't understand it, we can miss some of the nuances Mm -hmm. of what Jesus did. And so I really um, have loved that, of how Jesus perfected all of this that he started and like he didn't just wrap it up and throw it out he he perfected it and he finished it and that has been really really fun to bring out um, in teaching yeah um this wasn't i wouldn't say that this was my favorite passage in the moment but now reflecting back on our series um for me my favorite one to teach um was probably when i preached on hebrews 10. Um, and I have to be honest, I'll, I'll get into the details of what it is, but I have never been as nervous to preach a sermon as I was for that one. Because basically the, the overarching question of Hebrews 10 is, can you lose your salvation? And kind of what does that look like? And, and is that even possible? And so that's like an incredibly difficult and complex topic to share on a good day when maybe we're in person where I know that at least I may not have your full attention the whole time, but I can like look at you and hopefully like get it back. Um, but in a, in a setting like this where we're recording, where it's easy to jump off of the feed um, quickly or early, it was even more, more concerning because if you only heard the first part, it's like very doomy and gloomy and very like not exciting. Um, and you can kind of miss the hope of that passage. And so for me, I was like, oh my, like there are just so many layers. And that's kind of one of the benefits of doing series through a book of the Bible is you don't have the option to avoid hard topics. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't know how I won the lottery of getting that particular one. (laughs) Um, but that one for me was kind of a rubber meets the road. We talk about that so often in Bible college where they're like, yeah, like preaching through books, you're going to have to preach those hard things. You're like, yeah, okay. But like when really well I get there and I got there and so um, for me it was really challenging just for me to wrestle through that topic in a way that was personal um, but a little bit differently in the way that I communicate that to other people as well Uh, and so I think for me that was probably my favorite one to teach Uh, not in the moment but in reflecting back on just one of those rubber meets the road moments. Okay well thank you for your thoughts now we have gone through seven months of Hebrews and I'll just start by saying I don't think that I have anything to add to this question but I was curious <laughs> about it um, was there anything that as you read through Hebrews you went oh kind of wish that we had had more time so we could have touched on this yeah I think anytime you, you kind of dig into scripture there's potential for going deeper mm-hmm. um, just the nature of scripture is it's not something we just do statically but you know the Holy Spirit inspires contextualizes it for our moment and our time uh, I was telling these guys before we started videoing that even this morning as I was getting ready I was thinking about some of the the nuance around uh, the heroes of faith and and kind of playing out the entirety, kind of looking at the entirety of God's plan from a 50,000 foot view. And there's so much more to talk about, but you know, you just, you just can't get into everything. Um, So I think we did a pretty good overview. Yeah, it's kind of a hard, it's a hard question to answer because from like a personal study perspective, I could have gone more and more and more. and, And that was one of the things I think that we all felt the like, 
kind of tension of was pushing a little bit faster through some of those heroes of faith. Mm-hmm. So I think from a from like a preaching perspective or from like a pastoral perspective, um, I don't think there's anything that we needed to like continue to discuss. I think that we were able to have some depth to our study, um, to our sermons, to preaching. Um, for me, if I'm if like for me personally, I'm a history buff, and so I think that. I would like to learn, and, and this book has challenged me to learn more about Old Testament history. I feel like we had to take like our own personal crash courses in history to like figure out actually what Hebrews itself was saying. Um, and so I think for for me that would be where I, I think I'm going to continue forward. But yeah, it, it's not necessarily like you said an episode where we like have the episode of Hebrews and then move on. I think something that we'll constantly yeah. revisit. But I think from like a church perspective, we. But but do you think that we've we we made kind of the point that Jesus is high priest? Well, you oh, tell do you, us. Do you think we covered? Do you think we covered that? I feel like every sermon, like that's the Jesus is high priest. That felt like, like I think we've preached like eight hundred messages. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Just, which is yeah. good. Which he is, and so now you know in multiple layers. In, in multiple layers. <laughs> Yeah. From Old and New Testament yes, perspectives. Yeah. Okay, so I have a tongue-in-cheek question, and that is, we've been going through Hebrews for seven months. So on a scale of one to ten, uh, how excited are you to be done it? How excited are you, Lisa? Okay, well, I'm going to have a tongue-in-cheek answer. <laughs> so don't, like, just completely lab-base me in the comments. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say a scale of um, one to ten. I'm going to say a 20 um, <laughs> because now that we're dead Hebrews, it means that we are like that much closer to Christmas and I am so excited. The countdown is on maybe for just like the two of us. I don't know if, uh, if the countdown is on in, in two, two offices in this, uh, in this office and in Lucas's entire house. So. He can't escape except for his office. I'm an innocent bystander of the Christmas countdown. True. So I am. I'm excited because we are now one step closer yeah. to Christmas. Uh, what about you guys? Yeah, I, I I love exegetical study. I mean, it's my favorite way of kind of uh, preaching. It's my favorite way to do a series. Yeah. Because uh, it forces you to go places you never maybe otherwise right. would. And yeah. um, so I, I love that concept upon concept. You know, precept upon precept and. Um, yeah, I think for the church, I think for all of us, maybe seven months was just right and we're, we're ready to move on. Uh, just shameless plug, we're moving on to, yeah. uh, we're all reading a book right now in the office uh, called God in the Pandemic by N.T. Wright. And it's just a short little book, but we're kind of like just kind of developing a, a little mini series coming up, essentially called God in the Pandemic. Yeah. And talking about the church and talking about maybe putting legs to moving up kind of through this season into the next season yeah. as a church and uh, not just sitting and, and wallowing uh, in our self-pity, but moving forward yeah. into something new and something great. So shameless plug next <laughs> week. We're going to be starting that. Yeah. Which pushes you to like a nine so that we can start a new series. Yeah, I'm excited for a new series. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Marcus, um, what about you? Okay, you know when you go on holidays and you're gone and you spend enough time that you start to miss home? Yeah. That's kind of how I felt with, with finishing our series where I feel like we spent just as, like a perfect amount of time where I was like beginning to feel ready to, to jump to the next thing. 
But then like with all holidays, you get home and you're like, oh, I kind of miss my holidays. <laughs> and so I think that uh, it will be quick where we'll kind of miss, miss our series in Hebrews, but I'm excited to look forward as well and to kind of jump into a little bit of a unique series that yeah. we probably yeah. never would have done except yeah. for this year. So. Absolutely. So next week, October 11th, we start God in the Pandemic, mm -hmm. and we start it in person. Obviously, it will be online as well, but yeah. it is our in-person gathering. So if you Thanksgiving have, Sunday. Yes. Yeah. What better way to be thankful than with your faith community it's right true. here in this building? So if you've not registered yet, please do head over to myevangel.church forward slash relaunch. And we will be having um, Evangel Kids happening parallel, simultaneously, mm -hmm. to the main service with their very own Thanksgiving lesson that I'm so excited about. Yeah. We can only take six families in order to make sure that we have that six foot perimeter around each family and do it really safely. So your kids will have fun, but they'll be safe. So you have to register them separately. If you register them um, on that yeah. main page, they will be registered for the main gathering. But if you go right below it is the Evangel Kids registration and register them there, they'll be in kids' yeah. Myevangel.church forward slash relaunch will have all of those links for you. So just make sure that you do yourselves separately from your kids. And uh, we look forward to hanging out with both of you. Yeah, we can help you if you have any trouble. Yeah. Um, so coming up at the end of October, obviously, is Halloween. And yeah. we really just want to be good neighbors this year as there's so much like trepidation and uncertainty this fall for parents and especially for kids. We want to be a good neighbor to the children in Powell River. So we're going to have a safe trick-or-treating uh, called Trunk or Treat set up for them, but that means we need candy. We're putting together a whole lot of candy bags, and if you can just throw a box of candy or two in your grocery cart as you're doing your groceries and drop it off here at the church, we'd be so thankful to help us. Yeah. And more deal details are to come on that, Yeah. but we do need those that would be willing to come and park in our parking lot. We do have a, we're gonna cap that number, and uh, that would consider decorating their car and, and, and be handing out candy from uh, a safe distance through there. We're gonna have some protocols in place to make it as safe as possible. Um, and then parents with kids, uh, registration is gonna open for that. Yeah. And so look out for that in the near future. And you do have to register for some time slots to be able to come through our trunk or treat, but that's coming yeah. right away. It's coming right away. And again, we're emphasis on safety. Yes. So. Lastly, if what we're doing here is adding value to your life or it's helping you on your faith journey, would you consider partnering with us financially? Your faithfulness and your generosity has helped us to meet needs of families in our community and families within our church. Just practically to come alongside those that maybe have lost jobs or different things. And so honestly, every penny helps to allow us collectively um, to be the hands and feet of Jesus here in Powell River. So there are many, many ways that you can give. You can give online at myevangel.church forward slash give. If you're watching us on Facebook, you can give right there. You can also come and give in person Sundays, 9 to 12, throughout the week, 9 to 5, Monday through Thursday. And you can even just pop a check in the mail 
Honestly, there are so many ways and we just want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness that has mm -hmm. allowed us to continue uh, the work of the kingdom of God here in Powell River throughout this season. So we're going to close in prayer, and uh, but we are so excited for next weekend, live gatherings together in person. Uh, so register for those. We're going to celebrate Thanksgiving and begin a new series. So we're excited for that. So Lo, we thank you for this opportunity to gather um, as a panel, talk about Hebrews, talk about this journey that we've been on over the last seven months, all the things that you've taught us. All the things, Lord, that you've been revealing in each individual's heart. We thank you, Lord, that you individualize the journey for each of us. And so, God, I know that there are those listening, and God, you've spoken to them through this season. Would you continue to speak? Would you continue, Lord God, to lead, guide, and direct us in and through this season? And, in, and, and, and give us a glimpse, Lord, of the kingdom to come. That, God, it would hold our gaze, and that we would walk, Lord God, just, um, just enthralled by the King, Jesus, and, and His kingdom. And so we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us, guys. Have a great week.